The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey everyone, welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is episode 136, and as always, you have Kevin and Shelby with you, and it's been a while. Yes, we have not apostatized from the church. (laughs) We have just been traveling, we've been a little bit busy, and to be honest, um, some, some distractions you know, came up, right? Like before we started recording, Shelby, you said, you know, last week we didn't really have an excuse. We just kind of chose not to. Yeah. It was the other two weeks that I felt like they were pretty justified in not getting the podcast done. It was the last week that mm, we just were like dragging our toes. And that is a testament to having a habit. You cannot let Like, you got to get back on the path as soon as you get off. You just got to pick up where you left off. And so we even noticed in our, um, like, our marriage, I was getting on your case a lot more, right? Like, that's something I noticed (laughs) because we weren't coming together weekly. There's something about this podcast for, you know, for our posterity's sake that coming together weekly to, like, we can't really have a lot of beef with each other. Because we gotta talk about things of this of the gospel, like yeah. like great things. And so if we're mad at each other, it doesn't really work. And so because I truly believe because we did not do the podcast for three weeks in a row, that's why I had some things going on that I was like giving Kevin a hard time for whatever it was. But so that's honestly one of the biggest reasons I've been looking forward to doing this podcast is because I wanna get back on the the track that we are on. Because I saw the difference just even three weeks made. Yeah. And and me personally, my scripture study has been much more surface level because I didn't have something to prepare for, to go deep. Right? So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, full disclosure, we are not going to summarize really anything from last episode. It was part one of Alma 46. We're going to now do part two, which picks up at verse 13. Um, We made reference back to it, but really, y'all, if you have not listened to episode 135, you need to stop right now. You need to go back and listen to it. It was phenomenal. Our guest, Bishop Kokinas, was unfortunate unmissable uh you've got to go back and listen to that one it was really really good so in verse 13 we've got you know uh excuse me you have moroni he's fastening on his armor you know getting ready for war um it does uh talk about the title liberty right Mm -hmm. and We we talked about the title of liberty last week, and it says he bowed himself to the earth and he prayed mightily unto his God for the blessings of liberty to rest upon his brethren, so long as 
there should be a band of Christians remain to possess the land. So what's, what's really cool about that is this is one of those moments or passages in the Book of Mormon where Mormon is going along, he's hammering on the plates, and he, he jots down Christians, and he realizes, uh, oh, I need to explain what I mean by that. And he doesn't have an eraser. I can't backspace. So mm -hmm. he has to dash, which we see right there, this little dash. And verse 14 is an explanation. It says, for thus were all the true believers of Christ who belonged to the church of God called by those who did not belong to the church. And those who did belong to the church were faithful. Yea, and all those who were true believers in Christ took upon them gladly the name of Christ or Christians as they were called because of their belief in Christ who should come. So he, he makes that quick um, explanation. I like that because it just shows the authenticity to me of the Book of Mormon and the person, you know, abridging it, like you said, Kev. So I, I like that you, I think you shared that with me a couple weeks ago, but I had forgotten. So I was very, I'm grateful for your reminder of that. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing today. Anybody who is a true believer in Christ, I mean, they call themselves Christians. We call ourselves Christians. We believe in Jesus Christ, the Savior. So, and we believe he will come again. And furthermore, our, our weekly sacrament prayer uh, is, you know, we, we pray that we, as we take upon him, uh, upon us, his name, that he will bless us with his spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And so not only are these people who believe in Christ, but they are, they are covenant-keeping members of Christ's church. Sure. And in verse 16, uh, when Moroni, it says, Therefore at this time Moroni prayed, the cause of the Christians and the freedom of the land might be favored. So he, he was asking for... I guess, divine guidance, divine intervention to have, you know, this land, this freedom be a favored land and, and have that divine intervention there so that they can worship. And so I thought that was a really cool uh, phrase. I just like that he says cause of the Christians and that it might be favored. I just love how those go together. And it's a very, it just shows Moroni's intent Mm -hmm. throughout this entire, well, his intent really in general <laughs> is not just right now, but his intent is always to keep that, that peace, that freedom, follow Christ and do the best that they can. Um, and so when, after he prays in verse 17, he names, it says he named all the land, which was south of the land of desolation and the land on the north and the south, so he names it all the land of liberty. Correct? Am I right there? Yes. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And so he says that this land, surely God shall not suffer that we who are despised because we take upon us the name of Christ shall be trodden down and destroyed unless we bring it upon us by our own transgressions. So here he's saying that this land, this land of liberty, God is not going to have us be completely destroyed unless we do it to ourselves by transgressing his commandments. And the same thing still applies today. All over in the Book of Mormon, you see it. 
blessed are ye that keep my commandments and you shall prosper in the land. Right. It's just repeated here too. You see it. And so anyway, very uh, applicable to our time as well. Absolutely. You know, and this goes back to those conditional blessings that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ impart unto us, right? It's not, it's not, you know, the gift of, of salvation is freely given in that uh, Jesus Christ atoned and uh, sacrificed for everyone, regardless of uh, their, their birthplace, their circumstance, uh, regardless of their, of their actions here on earth. He did, he did do that. And therefore we will be saved from death. But after that, everything else is conditional. I wouldn't say conditional. I would say qualifying. You have to qualify, right? Yeah. Um, I think Elder Rasban gave a talk about this, about qualifying for the blessings of heaven. Um, I don't know. It just sounds a little bit different to me that than conditional because your intent of your heart has to be right too. Yes. It's condi- I, I think it's on the conditions of repentance. Okay. Right. Conditionally yeah. we are, uh, we, we receive gifts of the spirit. We are, uh, we, we qualify for greater blessings and then, uh, you know, entrance into the, higher kingdoms yeah i just like the word qualify i think and i think i think you can use them not interchangeably but i think that they're they weave through one another you you know it is conditional it is a condition on which where we are we qualify I'm going to read Elder Rasman's talk again yeah. and then report back next week. But I just, I don't know. There's something, there is it, there is a difference between the two, but I don't know enough to teach it. Well, it's interesting because in the following verses, it talks about more about a, a covenant, right? And these Christians, just like us today, covenant keeping, uh, members of the church, uh, verse 19, and when Moroni had said these words, he went forth among the people, waving the rent part of his garment in the air. That's the title of liberty, that all might see the writing which he had written upon the rent part and crying with a loud voice, saying, Behold, whosoever will maintain this title upon the land, let them come forth in the strength of the Lord and enter into a covenant that they will maintain their rights and their religion and the Lord God may bless them. So they are whether you want to say they're qualifying for it or it's a conditional uh, blessing, right? Right. He's saying whosoever will maintain this title, meaning whoever will, he's really saying whoever's going to fight for it, whoever, whoever wants to keep this title of liberty in effect. And the, uh, furthermore, the, the, the land being a land of liberty, a chosen land, you know, come forth in the strength of the Lord and enter into a covenant uh, that you'll do that, that they will do that, maintain their rights and their religion. Here's what I think this is what I'm getting at. 
covenant, the word covenant in the Bible dictionary, or, or sorry, guide to the scriptures, says that a covenant is an agreement between God and man, but they do not act as equals in the agreement. And so I think this is what I'm getting at, um, is that God, it says God gives the conditions for the covenant and men agree to do what he asked them to do. God then promises men certain blessings for their obedience. And so when I hear conditions, sometimes I think of like, it's important to remember in this point that the, that it is um, like Christ setting that it's not, Hey, you do this and I do that. And like, they're not working out a deal. You get what I'm saying? That's what I mean by that. What Moroni is doing is he's just using true principles that have been taught previously. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's teaching them. He's presenting them to the people because it's not like Moroni received revelation that the land is a blessed land, a chosen land. Right. That's he been knew some, that. He yeah. knew that from revelation given to prophets living modern day at that time, prophets. Right. Actually, all the way back to Lehi. Right. Um, I even have it linked there in the very previous chapter in verse 45, verse 16, when it talks about, you know, um, Thus saith the Lord God, cursed shall be this land, yea, this land unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, unto destruction, who do wickedly when they are fully ripe, <laughs> right? So, and that's because of, of the Lord. Uh, he cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. This is not something unique to the people of Zarahemla. This is an eternal uh, yeah, I'm sure it's eternal, yeah. <laughs> eternal principle and truth yeah. of God's kingdom. So with that being said, um, I think I, I just feel that it's it's fair to say that, no, Moroni and his people are not bargaining and saying, like, oh, man, we're really in a pickle. The Lamanites are coming up against us and Amalekiah is going to, you know, uh, you know drive a wedge between our people so let's go ahead and whip up a bargain with the lord and we'll be good and he'll save us no they're they're just doing what they know already mm -hmm. to be how god interacts and deals with the children of men yeah i agree so in verse 21 um those other people, it says, you know, as, as when Moroni had proclaimed these words, behold, the people came running together with their armor girded about their loins. So I, I kind of like this image that they also prepared themselves. They put on this armor as well, uh, and they rend their garments in token or as a covenant that they would not forsake the Lord their God. So just as uh, Moroni rent his garment and fastened it to a pole, called it the title of liberty and wrote on it. The people are also doing it uh, likewise. And it says, in other words, if they should transgress the commandments of God or fall into transgression and be ashamed to take upon them the name of Christ, the Lord should rend them even as they had rent their garments. It's pretty intense. Yeah, it really is intense. But they know, I mean, when you make a covenant 
or you enter into something like that, like you know for sure that the Lord has your back. So if you do fall into that, I mean, you got to fall pretty far and start, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. falling back, the chances of that happening are, are, I think, pretty slim Mm -hmm. unless it happens slowly, but surely over time, right? Mm -hmm. That can happen too. But I just love, I mean, this, I do feel like this next couple of verses does get a little bit, or the next verse kind of repeats what we just read because there, it talks about how that was the covenant that they made. They cast it at the feet of Moroni and then they actually say, you know, we covenant with our God that we shall not be destroyed, even as our brethren in the land northward, blah, 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 right? So we know that they are willing to do what it takes to preserve their right to religious freedom, their families, all the things in in this land. And so Moroni, I like Moroni's reply to them once he enters, once they enter into this covenant, right? And they follow suit. Moroni says that ye are, or we are a remnant of the seed of Jacob. Yea, we are a remnant of the seed of Joseph, whose coat was rent by his brethren into many pieces. Yea, and now behold, let us remember to keep the commandments of God, or our garments shall be rent by our brethren, and we be cast into prison or to be sold into slain. And I just think that's very interesting that he brings in the family history there. Like, hey, just remember, like, we come from the seed of Jacob and the remnant of Joseph. Like, we're, let us remember that and keep this covenant and commandment to our our Lord, or else we're going to be toast. Right. Like I don't they don't want to be captive, obviously. So I just love the the family history reminder here. There's something powerful about that. And we've talked about that before on this podcast. Looking back to our ancestors and understanding where we came from can give us the strength to move forward. And this is certainly not a not a peaceful time. This can be rather scary if you think about it. But they're able to look back at their family history and and keep going and remember them in that moment. And, you know, once again, as he continues on, he talks more about Joseph and Jacob and being a remnant and how they were preserved so we can be preserved and, and things like that. Do you have more to say about that at all, Kevin? No, not really. I, I think you, you got to the kind of the, the root or like the core of what he's talking about. And, and I appreciate how succinct it is. Uh, the only thing that I would add is just, again, you know, these these people are not, they're not making this up on the fly. Like, this is a part of their religion. This is a part of their history. Um, the covenant that was made with their fathers continues with, you know, to, to, it continues as like extended to them. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose of the Book of Mormon is to uh, show unto us in the, in the latter days that the covenant is still in effect. If we qualify, if we uh, lay claim to the, the, to it. Yeah. yeah, through through the ways that the Lord has set, right? Right. And prepared. So yeah, I that's 
it's a beautiful connection to the purpose of the Book of Mormon today. Because <laughs> I think sometimes we can forget that. Like, why are we reading about these things? You know, what, why, why do we do that? And it's because it was for us in these last days to know where we came from. It gives us a bigger purpose here on earth. Gives more, uh, yeah, I guess the word would be purpose. It just gives more value to what you're doing here. You know, understanding, perspective. There you go, perspective. That's what I was looking for. I think we can jump down a little bit to, you know, back to the narrative, I guess you could say. So in verse 29, Malachiah, he sees that the people of Moroni were more numerous than his people, the Amalekites. And he also saw that his people were doubtful concerning the justice of the cause in which they had undertaken. And you've got Moroni uh, preaching to the people, and they know exactly <laughs> what they're fighting for. Right. The Amalekites, uh, they're doubting because not only do they, do they see this massive host of well-armed people, but they seem to be so much more, uh, you know, firm in their convictions. Well, it, this is my point, I guess, in, in understanding why you're fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the same thing can be said for Moroni and his army. If, if they were to see a big, you know, say their army was smaller than the Amalekites, they could fear and they could run away too, right? But they don't because they know the cause. Like they know the reason and the purpose and and they've entered into a covenant and they know they have the Lord on their side. And so that's key to keeping them going, to keeping them pushing forward, right? Right. In the moment where you could turn around and retreat, which is what the Amalekites do. They see, they see that and because their cause is not a good cause, right? They, they turn around because it's not worth it to them. Right. Like there's not as much at risk for them. They are more fearful of dying and themselves. It's all selfish. Yeah. Yeah. So the Amalekites, they turn around as, uh, and, and kind of prepare to depart into the land of Nephi. And remember that the land of Nephi is actually where the Lamanites are. Okay. So it says Moroni thought that it was not expedient that the Lamanites should have any more strength. Therefore, he thought to cut off the people, people of Amalekiah or to take them and bring them back and put Amalekiah to death. Yea, for he knew that he would stir up the Lamanites to anger against them and caused them to come to battle against them. Mm. And this he knew that Amalekiah would do, uh, that he might obtain his purposes. So what I just think what's interesting there is that Moroni is learning from past experiences. Um, you'll have to excuse me. I forget what was the, what was the guy's name? Describe the situation a little bit. (laughs) The, Maybe I in, could help. In the previous story where uh, his scalp is, is smote off. Oh, um, 
Zarahemna. Zarahemna. Yep. Right. So Moroni knows <laughs> from his experience with Zarahemna that if he lets, and furthermore, uh, he, he, I'm sure, knows the history of what happened with the Zoramites. And the Zoramites, the whole reason that Alma um, and the sons of Mosiah and uh, a few of Alma's sons, too, went down to do missionary work among the Zoramites was because they were so close to the land of Nephi with the Lamanites. And they're like, man, we don't want them to mingle and like get comfortable <laughs> with one another and then come up against us with greater strength. So there's always this threat that, man, as soon as if we let these people go and, you know, integrate with the Lamanites, they'll use that eternal hatred that the Lamanites have against us and they'll stir them up, kind of using them uh, to to their own designs, mm -hmm. right? To their own purposes. Right. Um, which is, you know, as I, as I talk about it, it's this, it's kind of an injustice that, you know, the Lamanites are commonly used as, they're used by designing and cunning men throughout the Book of Mormon to add to their ranks. You know, just because of this, this misunderstanding way back when. And I think there's a lot that we can dig into with today's political and social issues with that. But uh, I'm not prepared to talk about that. Um, <laughs> it could be something you'll yeah. look into personally if you want to uh, compare and contrast maybe mm -hmm. and how to navigate today's society based on what we're reading here. Right. But thank you. Yeah, I I just see more and more of why Heavenly Father sent his son Jesus Christ here in the first place and then also, you know, restored the gospel in in this century or, you know, the 18th century. It just is becoming more and more clear to me, but at this point, like you said, Kevin, he's learning from experience. So Moroni decides, you know, we're going to, everyone who's entered into this covenant of peace, um, we're going to go and march out with our tents into the wilderness and we're going to cut them off in the wilderness so they don't get back to the Lamanites. And that's what happens. They march forth in the wilderness. And it says it came to pass that Amla, I'm sorry, Amlakiah. I was going to say the Amlakahites. I never had, them. but anyway, Amlakiah goes with a small number of his men, and the remainder were delivered up into the hands of Moroni and were taken back to Zarahemla. So he gets the majority of the of Amlakiah's army. In verse 33 is where we read that. Yeah. Just so you know where we're at, mm -hmm. uh, verse wise, and so Moroni, he's. He's still the chief judge of the appointed by the people. Well, he's he's not the chief judge, but he is a man appointed by the chief oh, judges. Thank you. And the voice of the people. Mm. Um anyway, he it says he had power according to his will with the armies of the Nephites to establish and exercise authority over them, meaning the people that 
he had captured. Now, if we know Moroni, <laughs> we know that he's going to try everything he, he can to not kill these men. He's going to try to, you know, have them, I guess you could say, converted or fill the spirit to be able to make a change, right? Right. And so it says in 35, and it came to pass that whomsoever of the Amalekites would not enter into covenant to support the cause of freedom, that they may attain a free government he caused to be put to death. And there were but a few who denied the covenant of freedom. So a lot of them enter to keep the freedom and the prosperity in the land. Very much so like Christ, right? Like you see his love here, like Christ, um, he has his law and he, he loves the people, but he can't tolerate sin and wickedness. And so those people, because they will not change, just a few were put to death, unfortunately. Yeah, something we repeatedly talk about is, you know, men like Moroni know how serious uh, it, it is, like, the, the consequence of allowing people to to go and like integrate back into the society, to be dissenters, to even go among the Lamanites and stir them up. Like they've seen it happen so many times. They, they, they can't risk it. Right. So we are getting down towards the last few verses of this chapter. And so at this point, all the people are living and covenanting that they'll keep the the title of liberty, right? The freedom in the land. And so uh, it says that in verse 36, the title liberty was hoisted upon every tower, which was in all the land. So just a reminder, right, of of this event that they just went through, right? This war, like let's remind ourselves. And so they have, um, it says they have peace again in the land. And they maintain that peace in the land until nearly the end of the 19th year of the reign of judges. And so I think that's pretty cool. And this gives more insight into the length that says Helaman and the high priest did also maintain order in the church. For the space of four years, did they have much peace and rejoicings in the church? So we're looking at about since, you know, this all happened with the Amalekiah and Moroni and Tile Liberty, about four years of peace and rejoicing and a lot of people believed um because of their testimonies of christ that their souls were redeemed by jesus christ and when they died they it says they went out of the world rejoicing and i have to say we've heard president nelson say before that death is just a passing of this life to the next life it's nothing to necessarily be afraid of it's just a point in the plan of salvation that we all go through. And so these people, I believe they're rejoicing because they know where they're going next, you know? So um, anyway, they, they go out of this world rejoicing. And there's a lot of people, I, I don't know why this is important to have in here, but it is. Verse 40, it's just interesting perspective. It says, and there were some who died with fevers which at some seasons of the year were more frequent in the land, but not so much with fevers because of the excellent qualities of the many plants and roots, which God had prepared to remove the cause of diseases to which men were subject by the nature of the climate. Pretty cool. 
gives, I guess it's there to maybe give us some perspective of the blessing of the land that we live on. Like, yes, there will be, uh, what do you call it? Ailments. However, I have given you ways to overcome the ailments. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. We, we know about that here in 2019. I mean, in 2020, starting from 2020, right? And now we're in 2022. Okay. You get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm just I saying think so. we started to learn in 2020 how deadly a virus can be and how much it can, it can do to a society. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, there's a lot who, at the end there, it says there were many who died with old age. And they died happy in the faith of Christ are happy or who died in the faith of Christ are happy in him. And we must needs suppose. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to read too much into, you know, why I think it's something to ponder, something to study for sure. I don't know exactly if I have my thoughts uh, organized enough, but I think that verses 39 through 41 uh, in this chapter are just, you know, there's, this is a time of calm before the storm, I guess you could say, not to make it overly cliche, but we're about to launch into multiple years, like many, many years of war, right? And the fact that there are people who die of old age as opposed to die in combat is is good right the the fact that there aren't many diseases wreaking havoc like something that comes along with war is disease right and so the fact that not many people are dying from the fevers uh because of the the quality of their health uh, well, I guess their healthcare system, right? <laughs> their their plants, yeah. So the the fact that these people are are living to old age and and dying, uh, ha- you know, rejoicing as they go out of the world, as opposed to in terror, you know, yeah. it's 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 kind of contrasting between what's about to come. So, and just to give a preview into next episode uh we will be in almond chapter 47 so remember that not all of remember amalekiah some of his men they did escape they did go off so there are a few who are lingering so keep that in the back of your mind because they're gonna come forth in 47 and i just too could not to talk about but in just into 47 verse Mm -hmm. one because we can do this sometimes right Mm -hmm. um it says, we will return to our record of those who had fled into the wilderness. For behold, he had taken those who went with him, meaning Am- Amalekiah, and went up into the land of Nephi among the Lamanites and did stir up the Lamanites to anger against the people of Nephi. What wisdom, right? Because instead of taking all of his army, right? The, can you can you imagine the, the peace wouldn't have been, well, there wouldn't have been any peace because the big army that Amalekiah had would have went and they would have probably come unto them a lot sooner had uh, Captain Moroni not done what he felt impressed to do, which was to cut them off in the land. So I just find this so interesting and a a good connection from, you know, moving forward into verse, or sorry, chapter 47. I just had to share it because it was just 
I don't know. It feels like a little cliffhanger there, you know? So yeah. we're going to, we're going to learn what happens. As Kevin said, it all comes back. So we'll find out all if right. you, if you want to know, just read chapter 47. Yep. <laughs> You'll beat us to it. Right. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we got for you. That's it y'all. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. My dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life.